Halashing for Halas? Want to buy or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. for Essen Fresen, where it's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fresen show. I'm Sharon Lurie, the kosher butcher's wife with a little bit of a husky voice this morning, uh, coming to you live from our studios downtown. And I'm thrilled to once again have Lauren Bulkin in studio with me today, where we'll be discussing alfresco dining. So thanks for joining me, Lauren. Lovely to have you. Thank you for having me, Sharon. <laughs> Great. And... Um, so we're talking about alfresco eating and what does alfresco actually mean? So in Italian, it means in fresh air or in cool air in or in the shade. And I don't know if you agree with me, Lauren, but um, there's something so magical when we eat outside. It's just so relaxing and casual and... Um, Agree. It's just such. Fun. I love eating outside, but as I said to you, what I found is you need to get organised in the morning, because somehow when five o'clock comes, the last thing you feel like doing is lugging a whole lot of plates, bowls, glasses outside. So what I like to do is set the table even the night before. Once I've cleared up, put everything back on its tray, and as little as possible, a few bowls, spoons, knives, and forks, and have it ready for the next evening. You, you, you're better girl than me. <laughs> I, I seem to be lastminute.com, but sometimes I, I know that if people are coming, whatever, I do. I like to prepare well in advance. And I have to tell you that um, the inspiration actually for this show, this alfresco and outdoor dining, um, it came from an experience, a magical experience, that I was so grateful to be part of two weeks ago. But after the break, I'm going to come back and tell you what uh, instigated this. This instigated is the right word? No? No, initiated. <laughs> initiated, thank you, thank you. You see, we laugh, guys, <laughs> um, this program. So after the break, I'll tell you what it was all about. Halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fresen. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fresen Show. I'm Sharon Lurie, and in studio with me is Lauren Bulkin, and we are talking Frisco dining. So I said I was, what initiated this this program was an experience I had just two weeks ago that I have to share with you. It was just incredible. So after six months of planning, the entire Lurie family, that's three brothers and a sister, their families being there and their spouses, their children, their children's children and their spouses and grandchildren from all over America, UK and South Africa came to celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday. 37 of us for a five-day safari, as they called it. A reprieve, albeit temporary, from all the sadness, anxiety and pain we as a nation are feeling at the moment. But five days in the bush, five days of laughter, bonding with family we haven't seen in so long, where cousins met for the first time and could actually see each other and touch each other in real time, 
parents and grandparents clapped nachas. There was so much love and happiness overflowing in this capital of time that at my only wish was that this that time could have stood still for longer. So back to why I wanted to share an alfresco dining experience. It was just so special sitting at the pool decks with just an electric fence between us and Sabi River, which is just 100 mi- I mean, meters away, hearing the hippos honk. Now, I believe that's the word that you use for the noises that hippo, hippos make. And watching elephants spraying themselves in the warm sun was just so soothing. Sitting in the fresh air, eating at a beautifully carved out wooden table that seemed to stretch on forever and ever, because it had to, it had to house 37 of us, which, where we told beautiful stories, we shared stories about the wildlife sightings that we'd seen on the uh, sunrise game drives, and there was just so much to share and laugh and enjoy out in the outdoors of this beautiful weather. Of course, a glass of ice-cold wine or a chilled beer helped to increase the amount of animal seed and induce a light afternoon schloff until the next game drive. But you know what? An alfresco meal can be experienced even on a rooftop during your lunch hour. So, Lauren... Whether you want, whether you went to the bush, or you served an alfresco meal on your patio, what would you like to serve at your alfresco meal? So, I feel that you need to just have everything ready at ease so that you can just really put it on the table at the drop of a hat. So, I always have my trusty peanut dressing. Should I give you the recipe? Yes. So, this peanut dressing goes on absolutely anything. Yesterday I went to the local deli, I bought two chickens, I made a quick salad, topped it with the peanut dressing and a bit of those um, egg noodles from Woolworths, you know those yes. those ones that go under the fried ones. Exactly. Yeah. And I had a gourmet meal. So here's the peanut dressing. It's five tablespoons of soya, six tablespoons of oil, sunflower oil, six tablespoons of brown sugar, four tablespoons of white wine vinegar, a tablespoon of red wine vinegar, or you can use the white and the red interchangeably because I know there was a shortage of one of them. Um, doesn't really matter. It was the white. I think it was the white. Yeah. Two tablespoons of peanut butter, half a teaspoon of mustard powder, two tablespoons of syrup, a teaspoon of sesame oil, and a dash of Tabasco. So my quick trick for this one is you look through the recipe, you look for all the dry ingredients, you put them in first so you don't have to wash your tablespoon, and then you put in the wet ingredients, and oh, it just makes yeah. it a whole lot simpler. And this will really last for two or three days. And you've got lunch in a jiffy. Beautiful. And then what would you serve with? Uh, would you serve that with uh, chicken societies as well? Could you? You could You could do that. Or yeah. what I've discovered is this Ethiopian bread, because I think bread has to be an Ooh. alfresco meal. And I actually yes. found it by chance. And interestingly enough, what I read is that in Ethiopia, for 50 days after Yom Kippur, you're supposed to eat this dabo bread. It's called dabo. It's a, a Shabbat bread, like a challah. Right. And it, it's, they, let me have a look for you. Um, they celebrate 50 days after Yom Kippur. It's almost like a second Yom Kippur. Uh-huh. And they end it, they end the fast with this beautiful dabo bread. 
Um, and it's almost like a, you know, a, I think it's a Dombolo that we make oh, in yes, South Africa. Yeah. So it seems to be very similar to the Dombolo bread. Is it baked in a pot? Baked in a pot. So I took my Brilliant. old trusty pot, stuck it on the stove, and I yes. literally did an hour and a half before Shabbat. And 10 minutes before Shabbat came in, this bread was ready and magnificent. We put it on the center of the table, tore at the bread, and it was beyond delicious. So have you got the recipe? I've got the recipe oh, for wonderful. you. And there seem to be a whole lot of versions of this recipe, but let right. me give it to you. It's six cups of all-purpose flour, two and a half tablespoons of instant yeast, an eighth of a teaspoon of ground cloves, an eighth of a teaspoon of ground cardamom, eighth of a teaspoon of ground ginger, an eighth of a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, three-quarter teaspoon of ground turmeric, two teaspoons of salt, and three cups of very warm water. I actually used almost boiling water, um, which is interesting because normally you try and, yes. you know, temper the water a bit. Three tablespoons of olive oil and two tablespoons of honey. And what you basically do is you mix together your dry ingredients, you add the wet ingredients, you leave it to prove for about uncovered for about 30 minutes. You then line your pot. I used a nonstick pot in case, but right. I lined my pot with a little bit of baking paper, greased the sides of the pot, put it into the pot, and I cooked it on my stove for 30 minutes. Right. After 30 minutes, I inverted it, took off the cooking paper, and put it upside down with the browned cooked part on the top and cooked it for another th further 20 minutes. Okay. So it was literally in an hour and a half and beyond magnificent. Did I hear you say yeast? Yes. Uh, how much yeast was it, was it again? So let me go back and have a look for you. It Sorry. says two and a half tablespoons. Okay. I didn't do that. I just took two packets of the instant Woolies yeast, cut right. it open, and hoid it in. Okay. And it obviously didn't kill the yeast, the boiling didn't water. Didn't kill the yeast. I did temper it a little bit with um, tap water, right. but it was still really hot water, which I found quite interesting. Yeah. That's, they use hot water also, I think, for roti. Fascinating. And the other thing I was stopped to think about was the issue of the flour. What's the difference between all-purpose flour and cake flour? Do you know? Because I, I can't figure. I just know that bread flour has more gluten in it. That's why I, I try to use bread flour. Yes. But in one week I make it with bread flour. The next week I make it with regular all-purpose flour. And I don't know. It's... No, I also don't. No, I'm just, <laughs> just can't work it out. But this was beyond delicious and oh, really worth it. Oh, I'm going to try that. It sounded so tasty with all the different herbs in it and spices. It was, it was beautiful and crunchy on the outside and soft and fluffy on the inside. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Load shedding. If you have a gas stove, this is fantastic. Yes. Perfect solution. I never thought of that one. Okay. So after the break... It was actually quite funny because I came back from the game reserve and there in my inbox was PDF, press PDF from um, Ilsa van der Merwe. And guess what her book was called? Easy Alfresco. So we're going to hear from the professional after the break about Alfresco eating. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fresen Show. I'm joined by Lauren Bulkin. I'm Sharon Lurie, the kosher butcher's wife. And we're live in studio down, downtown. And if you would like to SMS us, you can on 34519. 
or Telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can call us, phone us, don't be nervous, phone us. We love interacting with people. 087-055-1818. Simple as that. So my guest as well on this show is Ilse van der Merwe, a local honey and is a respected award-winning cook cookbook writer, she's done three books, a content producer, a food blogger. Now, you've got to go to her food blog site. It's thefoodfox.com, and you'll thank me later. I mean, her pictures just make you so hungry. Anyway, she's a wonderful food blogger, recipe developer, and she's from Stellenbosch, and she has written three books. The first was called um, Cape Mediterranean. Second, Simply Seasonal, which is wonderful book and her new magnificent book Easy Alfresco celebrates the magic of dining outside it's uh, fuss free power free off the grid cooking the kind of book you read take notes from and before you go glamping I call it glamping because a lot of people don't like to go camping (laughs) Um, you prepare or you prepare for a day out just slip this book into your into your bag uh, take it on holiday with you. Let's hear what Ilsa has to say. So, hi, Ilsa, and welcome to the show. It's uh, lovely to have you back again. At this time, thank you very much. This time, of course, with your new book, Easy Alfresco. I want must tell you, Ilsa, it made me want to bake every bread recipe. I felt like setting up a table under my plum tree and eating that um, that cheese-stuffed pull-apart pull bread yes. with a glass of, of uh, Chardonnay. Oh. oh, that sounds wonderful. Thank yes. you so much, Sharon, for having me and for the kind words. I'm so happy that the book is finally out after a couple of um, delays with the shipment. But uh-huh. yes, here it is finally, and it's ready for summer, and it's ready for holiday time and relaxing with friends. So I'm just, I'm so thankful. Yeah, came out at a perfect time. And so for those of us who get confused with that saying, alfresco, tell us what alfresco means to you. Alfresco to me, and I think in the, in the, in the global way of using those two words yes. is a, it's an Italian phrase for in the fresh air or in the open air. And obviously it's also been applied um, to art and, and a way of putting on uh, paint on walls. But in terms of a, a, a food terminology, it means um, dining or cooking in the open air. So whether you are on your stoop or outside brying or you're just um, lying at table on the lawn or you're having a picnic, all of that means you're dining on fresco. But very interestingly, the only people who don't use the term for food in that sense are actually the Italians, although the words were borrowed from. Okay. You know, alfresco is a term that kind of, you know, means that informal, outdoors uh, way of enjoying food. Right. Okay. So now we know it alfresco. And South African weather and South African, the outdoors are so important to us. So we really can go 
all the way with our fresco. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. Now, South Africa specifically have this, you know, spirited love of um, uh, enjoying the outdoors, you know, with friends. So whether you're lighting a braai or you are just gathering, we don't like being in stuffy um, rooms. We like being outdoors. We have the weather for it. We have the beautiful surrounds for it. So it's an absolute South African way of living. Yeah, and it just seems so much nicer and more informal um, to sit outside rather than imagine eating a, a bright piece of beautiful fish inside in a dining room um, whereas eating it outside seems so much more relaxed and casual. Absolutely and I think the the, the influence or the, or the effect that you're your your view and the smells and everything of a of a outdoors environment has yes. on your senses while you are having a good time with friends uh, or family and enjoying some food you know the some of the parts um make such a big impact i think bigger than we even um realize yes. on how we enjoy stuff and as you say the same piece of fish i mean if you eat it in a stuffy dining room somewhere compared to eating it where you have a beautiful view even of the ocean. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have something like that, yes. it definitely makes the food taste different. It's make, it makes the whole experience, I think, multi-sensory and more relaxing. So yes. I think that the book celebrates all of that, you know, the magic of being outdoors while you can enjoy uh, food that's really simple to prepare, that doesn't take a lot of time, that doesn't need fancy equipment, yeah. that also leaves more room for actually the special time that you want to spend with you know, the people you care about. Correct. I have to say also that although there are a lot of grill um, and braai recipes, the, the book isn't essentially a braai book. I think it's also it's it's a book that kind of reminds us that when we don't have electricity, yes. you don't just um, have a braai option as an option. There yeah. are many other recipes that you can um, uh, uh, cook or make or just put together without um, a heat source, without a fire, just with a few simple ingredients and a mixing bowl and maybe a, a, a small chopping board and a knife. So it's yes, there are many grill recipes and Weber recipes, etc. But I, I I made sure to include many other recipes that you won't even need a heat source at all. Yeah, you know. Uh what I found fascinating with this book was you say the book caters for the most rudimentary of kitchen setups, mostly without electricity or maybe just one heat source like a gas plate or whatever, yes. which is a real win in these low chilling times. But what I found even more incredible is that you literally give us a list of tools needed to start any recipe. So what gave you this fantastic idea? <laughs> you know what? It, it was definitely a post-COVID mindset where everyone just um, wanted to get out. You know, yes. everyone just wanted to explore again, gather with friends again where we couldn't gather for so long, but also gather outdoors where we were, where we were restricted for so long to not be on beaches, not be in parks, not be in public places. And and um, this, I wanted to. to uh, make a, a, or put a group of recipes together where if you wanted to go into a mountain and, and there's a, a little self-catering cabin with the absolute basic um, pieces of equipment yes. that you would be able to cook up a scrumptious feast for yourself or for you and a couple of um, friends 
I just thought that maybe you you gave us uh, all these tools needed because you, you'd left some behind. <laughs> You're tired of leaving things uh, behind. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I think it's 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 necessary that if you are in a very basic setup and you start cooking something, that you don't get halfway and then you realize, mm, oh my yeah. goodness, I need this or I need this. So you can see up front this. This is what I'll need. Do I have everything? Yes, I do. Let's go ahead, you know, so if you don't get any nasty surprises. Now, I know how you love to cook with all our wonderful seasonal fruits and vegetables. What's your favorite menu for an easy alfresco meal? You're going out for the day, and what are you going to make? Yo, if it's from that book, <laughs> and and I want to keep it really simple, I'd probably make those um, chicken mayonnaise rolls with the sliced apple and the celery. It's almost like a Waldorf salad, but on whole wheat rolls. Those yes. rolls travel very well, and they're very forgiving. And I think it's uh, you know a, a freshly made chicken mayonnaise roll. Yes. Um, it's, it's so satisfying and filling, but obviously, oh, you can, you can extend that menu a lot if you yes. want to take some pasta salad or something like that along, or, um, some, I don't know, uh, even gravelax if you want to make it a little bit more fancy, gravelax and yes. some extra bread and stuff that you can kind of build your own little, um, sandwiches wherever you are. But if it's just a picnic or a short hiking Ooh. trip, I definitely take those sandwiches or any of the burgers or anything. Actually, they're easy to assemble. They're wonderful to eat at room temperature. And, um, yeah, yeah, a sandwich is, is a very underrated thing. Nice fold-out table and uh, nice tablecloth. Some serviettes and away we go. And we can have a beautiful alfresco meal. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Oh. And I think the whole, the whole feeling of just, you know, even if you have something like a simple sandwich, if you bring your beautiful cloth and you just have a few paper plates and napkins and you pack those sandwiches out and you have something cool to drink, it becomes so much more in the outdoors than you would have just popped that sandwich into your mouth in the office, you know. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it almost feels like a treat. It feels like a self-care, um, holiday. Yeah, you know, well, so it's it's you can it's a magical a, thing. You can have a rooftop experience at, in your lunch hour. <laughs> You're right. That's a great idea. <laughs> anyway, we, I'm running out of time, Ilsa, and this has been great talking to you. I could carry on for ages. Thank you for joining me, and lots of luck with this amazing book. The pictures are incredible. I mean, Thank everything looks much. so delicious, and it's not those. You know, recipes that need 150 different ingredients. A lot of it can be store-bought as well. You're right. It's very yeah. accessible stuff, uh, available in most um, regular supermarkets. Um, it's it's also not um, crazy expensive s- stuff. You know, oh, we have one mm. of two um, um, recipes in there, like the seafood platter. That's a little bit more elaborate and festive and slightly more expensive. But some of the other stuff are really very, very, some of the simplest recipes that I've ever put together. So you're going to, you're going to, um, you're going to have a lot more time to you're spend with people you love. A real taste experience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for Okay, time, thank Sharon. you. Thanks for joining us. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Preston. It's all about the food. Well, that was Ilsa van der Merwe, and she was chatting to us about Easy Alfresco. 
Um, now, I actually went, Lauren, to a friend of mine's 40th, and she had this incredible uh, luncheon, and she used those pallets, you know, the wooden pallets. I don't know, you know, the... You, I think the ones she, that you find at the fruit market. And the hardware stores, yes, yeah. Yes. She doubled up, she doubled the pallets up, and she put scatter cushions around, and uh, obviously some umbrellas around. It was a most wonderful, relaxed lunch where everything was served at the same temperature. And I think that that's quite important, that it's served at the same, that it, it can be cold or it can be warm. But, um, you know, if you really want to make it a, a long afternoon, then you've got to make sure that it's still okay. You, know, you don't have a wilting uh, lettuce salad or something. Yes. And um it was really, it was a, a lovely afternoon. Now, we, Ilse was actually talking about um the tools. And it's very fascinating to, to see that every recipe of hers, she starts, I'll give you an example. She starts off by saying, um, let's see, her recipe here. Just like the things that you should take with you. Um Let's see, which she's doing a tomato brie, let's say. So she tells you the tools that you should take with you if you're going away are a chopping board, chopping knife, a fine grater, and etc., etc. So she actually tells you all the utensils that you're going to need, as well as whether you'll need a heat source. And that's normally, you know, people normally take a, a griddle or a, a bry or something with them. And um, she just makes it so easy for us to have. Must be an idea, Sharon, maybe to even have an alfresco box, you know, that you keep ready in your storeroom or in your garage with all the things you would possibly need if you went on a picnic, because now I'm really hunishing for picnics. Yeah, I'm, for <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to go. Yeah. And and she just gives some, some wonderful ideas. I mean, she took a takes a bread, I suppose similar to the bread that you were talking about earlier, where she and um you can buy it at the shops. Just get a sourdough bread. And that was the pull-apart bread that I was talking about. And she, she cuts it across in lines. So it's almost like Hasselbeck, you know, and then cuts it across the other way. And she stuffs it in with stuffs cheese and, and herbs and fresh herbs and, and um, onions and all sorts of things into the bread, wraps it up in tin foil, and then sticks it into a... You could put it into an oven or just stick it into a pot, you know, if you want to just to heat it up. That's amazing. That's yeah. unbelievable. When I was glancing through her her Instagram yesterday, yes. you know, after I spoke to you, I saw she even did the most magnificent flat pita bread, just topped with a, a beautiful mozzarella and tomato salad. Yeah. It would look absolutely magnificent. Beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, it's actually quite funny because I was, my, when my sister-in-law was out here from America, um, two weeks ago for this big family reunion, she actually said to me, she said, I'm surprised that you don't do a lot more alfresco eating, eating outdoors. She said, I prepare every afternoon, whether it's a steak, whether it's fish, no matter what chicken, I prepare it. She says, the vegetables, I wash, I spice them, whatever I'd want to do with them. And she says, her husband cooks the entire meal on the bra. Calls her when it's ready, and the two of them sit outside by the pool, 
And she says she never uses a stove. You see, but that's the lesson, is you almost have to do it in the morning or early in the day before the day has completely overwhelmed you. Right, because so by five o'clock you you're were... You're not in the mood to go outside with trays and plates. <laughs> and But I did find my fish recipe, so if you want it, yes, I can give it to you for a whole Because fish. that's something fantastic that you can either eat... Warm or at room or temperature. At room temperature. Or you can give it to your husband. So you prepare it ready, <laughs> it ready put it in the fridge, he can exactly. put it on the bar for you. Exactly. So what I use is about a one to one point four kilogram fish um whole fish, mm-hmm. which I get the fishmonger to butterfly for me. I bring right. it home and what I found to get that beautiful crispy skin is to actually wash the fish in the morning uh, and let it dry out a bit in the fridge. Right. So that's by the time I put it on the bra, there's not so much moisture in the skin, and that skin crisps and goes absolutely magnificent. So you get your fish um, scaled and cleaned. You make three slits on either side of the skin, and you put on a little bit of, I use a bit of mold-on salt. Right. And I put it into those silver bra racks. You know the ones for fish? I don't even know what they're called. You buy them at the uh, hardware yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look, they look... Look like a long yes. fish. <laughs> so you stick the fish in, you shut the door, <laughs> put it in the fridge, and then you make a sauce with two garlic cloves, six tablespoons of olive oil, the juice and zest of three lemons, a tablespoon of chopped oregano, a tablespoon of chopped parsley, a tablespoon of dried oregano, salt and pepper. So you can make the sauce ready. You just heat it just before the fish is ready from the bra, um, which only takes about 20 minutes on the bra. As the fish comes off, you pour on this beautiful hot sauce. You serve that with a baked potato that you could kind of mop in this buttery, lemony sauce. And there's your fish. What you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds absolutely delicious. So we are coming. Oh, we nearly had an ad break, I'm sure. Okay. When I come back, we'll be discussing some more of fresco eating. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fresen. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fresen, Fresen show. I'm Sharon Lurie, the coach of Butcher's Wife. I have Lauren Bilkin in studio with me and we're talking of fresco eating. And there's just so much to share because basically, what is it? It's eating outside. And... Um, We've actually been talking about, um, during the break, about some dips that we would also serve. I have one terrific um, dip that I always use, and it's actually this credit goes to uh, Karen Malamud. She did a dip once that I haven't stopped making. I think this was about 20 years ago. All it is is... Um, Pepper juice, you know the little pepper juice that you get, the red pepper juice, the hot pepper juice, they're in a jar, and they're the pickled ones, you drain them, and you mix that with a large 500 gram box, bucky of hummus. You stick it in the blender, oh, blend it all together, it is the most Wonderful dip and something that everybody wants. So not only do we use that dip, but I also love an aubergine dip. So it's just so easy to make. You take, I normally do it about four or five um, aubergines, bake them at a very high temperature in the oven until they're soft. You'll see in the oven, bake them on high and then they'll get that extra smoky taste. 
Take them out of the oven when they're cooked and soft. Let them cool. Peel them. Put them in the uh, blender or your magic mix. Add a half a cup of mayonnaise. Add four cloves of garlic. Well, we love garlic. You don't have to add four. But I add actually add more. Um, a tablespoon of peri-peri oil. Um, salt and pepper and a little squeeze of lemon. Blend it all together and you have a beautiful aubergine dip. Have you ever made Mini Wessex spinach dip? The spinach mm. and hard-boiled egg? No. Now that, that was the most sublime mm. recipe. Unbelievable. It's almost like a chopped liver that you make with spinach. So what you do is you take two bunches of spinach, you wash them nicely and you blanch them in a pot. And then you take two onions and you cook them for a long time in a little bit of olive oil until they are very soft and transparent. Four hard-boiled eggs. Um, and you mix the whole mixture together and you put it into a bowl and it is absolutely delicious. Served with crunchy bread or even for Friday night supper. We often have it on our table. What is it about bread? Oh. You see, I always come back to the bread. It's, That's it's my problem. My, my problem too. Yeah. I love bread. I mean, my colors have pesto running through them and garlic and, oh, I just love breads. And I think, take over from me, I'm going to cook. <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I think bread really makes a meal. It does. And maybe, Maybe I'm deluding myself, but I think homemade bread maybe is that much healthier and you don't get so fat from homemade bread. Um, yeah, so. Everybody says a meal is not a meal at my house without bread. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to know, I can be on a strict diet. I finish my supper and I just, I could have a bit of bread. Then I feel satisfied. I don't know what it I does. Do. It does make it complete somehow. Okay, so. Back to our dips. So, of course, you can have all sorts of dips on your table. In fact, I even had a dip recipe for shredded bultong, shredded bultong dip. Wow. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't want to give up the recipe because I tried it once and I wasn't so happy with it, but I'm going to try it again. So, also, another wonderful thing to try at these um, alfresco meals is beetroot soup I know it's old fashioned but it's so delicious and I was telling about this um, wine farm that my son took us to and um, he ordered a beetroot soup oh my word she presented it so beautifully with chunks and, and grated beetroot and then popped avocado around and all these magnificent herbs on top it was Almost a beetroot soup meal. So that's something you can think about. Have beetroot soup. And I the colour. The colour is absolutely Yeah, in fact, beautiful. there's a, a beetroot soup recipe in the latest um, Jewish Life. I did a beetroot soup recipe for Hanukkah. So you can go there to have a look. Another delicious thing was um, that I really enjoyed from Ilsa's book was Harissa. Harissa. Haddock stew. Now, how often do we see haddock? And we think to ourselves, like, mm, smoked fish, but smoked, I, I love smoked. Is there still kosher haddock in the shops? I've looked for it. I haven't seen. I'm sure you can get it. I, have to sh- sh- I saw it at, um, the Mediterranean Oh, really? I think they've got it. Mm. Yeah. And, um, her recipe for this is 
uh, what you'll need, of course, is a pan or casserole, um, a casserole dish, a grater, a chopping board, a chopping knife. She, she gives you everything that you need to take. Um, okay, so the recipe goes as follows. Three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. Now, there was something about this recipe that um, I really I had to share it because it actually brought back memories of my Boba, who used to make haddock, this haddock stew with milk yes. in the old age. Yes. Remember that? Milk and onions and yes. tomato. So I thought, no, let's, let's have a little twist on that. So it was three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, two to three cloves of garlic, finely grated, two tablespoons of harissa paste, which you can get at most of the supermarkets, um, tomato paste, two tablespoons of that, a can of chickpeas drained, chicken or vegetable stock, um, 400 gram, gram tin of chopped tomatoes, a tablespoon of sugar, just to take that tartness away, salt and pepper to taste, and 400 grams of haddock fillet sliced into bite-sized chunks. And then you can add... Um, low-fat yogurt, but you can get the of yogurt now if you want to keep it of, And a handful of herbs, roughly chopped, like coriander and parsley, whatever. And you heat the olive oil in a pan or casserole over medium heat. You add the garlic, the harissa paste, the tomato paste, and then give it a quick stir, just for a few seconds. And you add the chickpeas and continue to fry for about three minutes. Then you add the stock canned tomatoes, sugar, salt and pepper and then stir it and fry it all together let it simmer and you cook for two minutes and then you add the haddock and cook for another three or five minutes or until the fish is cooked through remove from the heat stir through the yogurt top with the herbs and voila you have a beautiful dish okay so I suppose Liz, I, I, I would quite like to serve that for breakfast on holiday. I think it's quite nice. But if you serve it at lunchtime, serve it with some rice. And don't forget the bread because you want to dip it in the sauce. It sounds a bit like Rama, the Middle Eastern yes. dish. I'm sure you could even do it with king clump or hake or... Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah. But I think this is a little more mm. spicy. Because Although it does have the harissa in it. Yes. But... um Oh, which reminds me, I'm getting a beautiful recipe which I'm going to share next week for um, from a friend of mine, a Sephardic friend, and she does the most make oh to die for. Chalashin for chalas, one to braai or fine dine. This is Essen Fresen. It's all about the food. Hi, welcome back to the Essen Fresen show. Um, I'm joined by Lauren Balkin and we are talking of fresco, easy of fresco eating and we've forgotten to talk about desserts. You know, some, did you try that pineapple? I didn't, but I am yeah. going to try You've it. Got to try the it. most phenomenal recipe. You maybe want to give the recipe again. I'll quickly share it. I'll give you the strawberry okay. recipe. Share the, share the fluff. Okay, so let me give you, it's my friend who may not be named, she said, her fluff. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's two pints of ripe strawberries, um, one cup of caster sugar, two tablespoons of lemon juice, two jumbo egg whites or three large egg whites, 
And all you do is you put this all into the mix master and you beat it until it starts to rise high up in the dish. You tip it into a beautiful serving bowl and you freeze it. And when you're ready to eat it, you decorate it with gorgeous fresh strawberries. I've even done chocolate dipped strawberries, lovely leaves, and it looks absolutely magnificent. And gold dust. I'm very into Ooh. my gold dust. So you take the Where strawberry. Where do we get out gold dust? I found at the baking shop in Glendower called what? Oh, yes. Um, Chocolate Den. Chocolate Den. Okay. They had gold dust and it is kosher. Right. And all you do is you just dip the strawberry into the gold dust and you decorate your fluff with these beautiful chocolate and gold strawberries. And you've got a gourmet dessert that took you all of three minutes. Oh, I know. I watched Kim Tobias with all her magnificent ideas and she uses gold she dust. She got me hooked on this gold okay. dust. Okay. <laughs> so do we beat the egg whites with the sugar Everything first? all together Everything in the together. mix master. So you literally put in your strawberries, your egg white, wow. the sugar, the lemon and juice and you just let eat it away go. and you let it go and it becomes huge in your bowl, you tip into a gorgeous glass serving bowl and you're ready to go oh, fantastic, so the um, pineapple that I was actually talking about is pineapple capaccio, can we call it okay, it's sliced really thin, so you peel your pineapples let's say you use two pineapples peel them Make sure you get all the little hoodies out. And you slice it on a mandolin. And you slice it really thin. Be careful your fingers. I, I'm, I'm really nervous of that mandolin. And your nails. <laughs> <laughs> so you slice the mandolin really thin. Uh, slice the pineapple really thin. And then and uh, put it on a plate or a tray so that it's flat. And you take about a handful, what, 35 grams, a little bit more than a handful of mint. And in your pestle and mortar, you you mix it with about a half a cup of sugar, and you just sprinkle it over the pineapple. And you can either serve it f- flat as is. You can put a couple of strawberries around it. You can add a couple of blueberries to brighten up picture. And um, you sprinkle this beautiful um, mint and sugar over the pineapple, and you can serve it flat, as I said, or you can serve it. Pyramid style. So you start off by putting, you know, on a round plate, sort of by putting about six or eight pieces of the pineapple. Then you reduce it to about five, four, three, two, one. And you can even take the head, you know, the leaves of the pineapple and just stick it on top. And it actually looks quite pretty. You can even gold dust those leaves. And you can gold dust those leaves. <laughs> what have you done to us, Kim Tobias? You might as well sugar with this gold dust. <laughs> And um, and it's as simple as that. So there are your easy, simple recipes, and it will they last long. You they, you can put them at the on the table at the beginning of the meal, and they you know if you're having a long El Frisco lunchtime meal or dinner, they'll still look lovely. It's not as if it's a heated pudding or something that may or bananas that will go black. So we got any more? We got another minute. No more recipes for. Desserts? No, but I just think we were talking about it yesterday. Is that people seem to have moved away a bit from the fresh fruit platter and putting the fresh fruit on the table? Or do you think a well, beautiful watermelon is still magnificent? Yeah, a beautiful watermelon is magnificent. I mean, you can do all sorts of fancy things with watermelon these days. And you just look on the internet, exciting things to do with watermelon. Most of it is because it's uh, the 
festivals are coming up. They're putting bottles of, pouring bottles of vodka into the watermelons. But I know we always do a mural platter. We call it a mural platter. And it's absolutely, it's, it's just a, a platter of whatever you feel like you want on the, on, on the dish, whether it's, um, mango, nougat, chocolate, just all that sort of thing. It's lovely. And you can almost keep a stash of that so it can tide you over yeah. for the whole of December. So dried, beautiful, exactly. dried mango. Peanut and brittle and all. Exactly. Oh, get such beautiful peanut brittles lately. And, uh, there you go. It's, it's easy. Just put on time and people pass it around and everybody loves it. That's the trick, Sharon, is not to get caught up in the presentation and getting it all perfect. And it's really just relaxed that you two have a beautiful December holiday. Well, on that note, that's the end of our show. Went very Thank quickly. you for joining us. <laughs> it's always because it's much better when there's two people you chat to each other. Um, I'll see you next week, guys.